Well, today we are looking at uh, the scripture. <laughs> the title of my message is, What is your heart's desire? Or what is the desire of your heart? What are your heart's desire? Now, sometimes <laughs> people will look at that. Now, there's a number of scriptures in the Bible that talk about the heart is deceitful and wicked and, is, you know, and it's not to be trusted and, and all those types of things. But also, the heart is mentioned. Well, Psalm 10 uh, says, the wicked, the wicked are windbags, <laughs> the, for the wicked boast of his heart's desire. So the swindlers and the wicked snub God, they, they, they speak about how they're windbags, they're braggarts about who they are and what they are. But the wicked, excuse me, but the righteous, whenever they present themselves, present their need, their heart presents the need. So we look at this, and what's the difference between a windbag and consistent prayer, and wanting to do the right things, and wanting to, wanting, you know, asking God to bless or to look favorably upon us and to, for his grace and his mercy. Well, the difference lies in the attitude of the heart. God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. What is your heart's desire? <laughs> you see, the, in Hebrews, the word, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So the word of God penetrates our heart. So whenever we're thinking about who, who's going to benefit from this, whenever we're praying, praying for, did you ever think about just flipping your prayers? You know, flipping them? Like, God, um, I, would, I, would, I, I could use a million dollars. God, I need a million dollars, okay? What if we flipped that, and what will you do with a million dollars? Well, I would, you know, so you determine if you're a windbag <laughs> or if you're asking God, there are people in need, and this one, oh, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give to the church, you know? Well, if you're not giving to the church now, you're not give then, <laughs> you know? If I had a million bucks, I'd give 10% to the Lord. Well, if you don't give 10% now, you're not gonna do it then. Okay, But the idea is, what are the needs that we would meet? God, there are people who, who are in need that have this need and th this particular need. And they're, you know, in El Salvador, there are people who need help. And our neighborhood needs help. The, the homeless in Johnstown need help. And there, there's, just, there's, lacks, there's people who can do this, but there's a need of funds. And we start, we start praying for God to answer the need that we feel in our heart. See, the windbag says, God, I need a million bucks to do this, and I'll do this, and I'll have... The That's the windbag, the braggart. But the need is that the word of God is penetrating our heart, and we're able to discern that we are... It isn't the million dollars we need. It's the, it's the gifts that we need to share. It's the how we're going to use what we have to meet the needs of the people around us. You see, we need, you know, we need to just flip it around. <laughs> I can always tell. When I, I'm, I'm, um, I don't know what I am. But when I write stuff, <laughs> when I'm writing things, and I'm, I'm writing it, and, you know, and it's like it doesn't make any sense. So all I have to do is go back and take the end, end of the sentence and put it in the front of the sentence, and it makes sense. Okay? So I just do things backwards in my thinking. You know, I had Dane Bramage when I was a kid. 
You've heard that Dane Bramage. Brain damage, Dane Bramage. Okay. But anyhow, I can do all things through Christ. It's my standby. That's my eye can. See, if you want to look at it, you can. It's an eye can. So, but we have to have something in front of us that we look at. We have to have something in front of us that we put our attention to. And what we're putting our attention to is God. What God wants to do in our life. In, in the Message Bible has, God means what he says, what he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Cutting through everything, whether it's doubt or defenses, laying us open to listen and obey. The Word of God helps us to listen. Do you ever notice that if, you, if you're ever wanting to be a counselor, therapist, or whatever, you need to be a listener? Because if you don't listen, you'll never hear what the need is. You see, if you don't listen, you will not hear what the answer is. You know, if you already know the answer, then you won't be listening. But I have this problem. Well, what are you listening to? If you listen to the same old, you know, do you know what insanity is? (laughs) Insanity. Albert Einstein. Insanity is doing the same thing you've always done and expect a different result. Those are people who are insane. You're doing the same thing you've always done and expect something different to happen. If you don't change the input, you'll never change the outcome. You see, and these are, you know, God has made us to, the Word of God is the most, um, not only the most powerful, most influential, but it's the most positive. Because the positive Word of God, you know, Sometimes, um, whenever I was growing up, you know, in the church, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't go there. You know, you, 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 you know I knew all the things I wasn't allowed to do. <laughs> and we were made sure that we didn't do them. I found something, well, the, they found something downstairs that I was going to use some other time, but I should have brought it up. It's this big hand made out of wood. You know, it's a big hand made out of wood, and it has a handle, and it, you know, and it has all these scriptures about chastising a child. Anybody know what that is? You know what that would be? That's a paddle. You ever seen a paddle? <laughs> they don't even know what a paddle is. Why? Because we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, we'll, bruise, we'll abuse their... Uh, Egos, I don't think so, will abuse their hind ends. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just as guilty as, the, you know, so. I, I, well, I'm not going to go there either. All right, so. <laughs> God knows the discipline that we need and that how we are to administer discipline. So anyhow, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. So what is your heart's desire? So the word of God comes into, is, is part of who we are, the scripture. The scripture that we read is a part of who we are. Now, I, I, I was with a, per, a person um, years ago, and he was the most um, 
I'd never, in all my life, I'd never met a man who knew so many scriptures about hell, fire, and death, and punishment. He, he just ranted and raved about there's too much love in the church. <laughs> there needs to be more discipline. There needs to be, no, there, you can't, there's no, there's too much joy or happiness in the church it's got to it's that's got to end god god is against these things he's you know he doesn't like frivolousness frivolity you know he doesn't like these frivolous things we've got to have you know and he knew everything where god was going to wrath and punish and hell and you you know all liars have their place in hell and and he just would go on and on and on and he got sick <laughs> and um, I went in to pray with him. You know, I've, I've known him for many years. And I, I says, well, you know, there is another side. Those are true, but there is another side. Well, he got sick. He was in the hospital. Do you know the man was scared to death? <laughs> he was terrified of dying. Because he couldn't understand forgiveness. <laughs> he couldn't understand Letting go of your failures. You see, there is a judgment. There is a hell. There is a, there is a day of reckoning. And, but you see, the word of God comes into our hearts and into our thinking, and we don't run from God out of fear. We don't live in the constant barrage of perfection. We live by our good, good Father, who wants to reward us, who wants to bless us, who wants to draw us into the kingdom. Now, we don't scare ourselves into to church, you know? If I wanted to, I could, I could tell you, you know, anybody that's not here today, they're all going to hell. I could tell you that. And if you're not here next Sunday, I'm going to tell you where you're going. But you see, I don't think our good, good father is beating us with the word. His word penetrates our heart. Thou, thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips. God has given us our heart's desire. That's why it's important that when we pray, when we ask, what is the desire of your heart? What's this all about? Is it about me, or is it about what God can do with me, through me, wherever I go? <laughs> you know? And that can be in, in education, it can be in, in music, it can be in sports, it can be in technology, it can be in culinary arts, it can be... You see, God's creativity is as vast as the universe. The same God who spoke the world into existence is the same God who spoke his love into our heart. And if you look at the world around us, there's diversity. No two snowflakes are the same. No two blades of grass are the same. No two fingerprints are the same. You see, no one has your personality. There's no one like me. <laughs> and everybody goes, thank God. <laughs> There's no one like you. 
And, but you see, that's God's diversity and how that God is going to reach this world and how he's going to use us to become overcomers. So what is the desire of your heart? What is your desire? You know, I'm, I remember uh, playing sports in, in high school and I wanted to make the Big 33 team. <laughs> Big 33 team was, that's whenever 33 football students, kids from Pennsylvania played 33 kids from Texas, <laughs> and they played that at Hershey, okay? I wanted to be the big 33 team. I didn't make it. <laughs> but the guy who was behind me, the running back, he did. He played in the big 33 game. Here's a kid, here's a guy from uh, Elders Ridge and a class of maybe 76 kids, and he made it to one of the biggest games in the state of Pennsylvania, where only 33 out of the entire state played. And he got a full ride to Georgia Tech. He could have gone anywhere in the country. He did. But I didn't get that. But you see, that isn't who I was to be. God knew that. I just needed to learn that that's... I, that was a desire, and it was a goal, and I went in that direction, but it was when I hit the, you know, you hit the wall, you go left or right. <laughs> when those doors don't open, you don't kick them and bang them and lay on the floor and, and scream over them. You make a decision to go a different way, and each of those decisions brought me here. <laughs> Amen. So, <laughs> blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. You see, whenever we're seeing the desires of our heart, you see, God has said in Jeremiah 17, 7, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the river. It sounds like a psalm. But he shall be like a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out roots by the river and shall not see, shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not. The idea is you're going to be like a tree that's planted by water and no matter what the drought, you always have enough. All right. All right, blessed is the man who trusts God. We see these things, that God is at work in our lives, and God is, what's he doing? He's kind of putting us to the test. We all have tests. How many have temper tests? <laughs> temper tantrums. You don't throw the tantrums, you just have a temper. <laughs> uh, how many get frustration tests? <laughs> uh, how, how, many, how many have I wish I hadn't said that test? <laughs> how many have, you see what we're, you know, we, all have, we all have those things that we have to overcome. And because we have them doesn't mean we're a failure, it means that we are to grow more. And I often think of it in, in the context that if you weren't, if it wasn't important for you, you wouldn't have the test. Because what you are finding most difficult is probably what is standing in the way of you becoming greater in that area. And that greatness that God wants you to have is beyond that point. I, I, when I was praying, you caught my little... Because sometimes when I pray, I, I, I don't think. <laughs> what I mean by that is, I kind of just put my mind in neutral and say, okay, God, what is it you want to say? 
and I try to just go with the flow. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But um, I forgot what I was going to tell you. Uh, my mind was in neutral. Uh, I forget. <laughs> uh, why we? Why we? Oh, that uh, that we're 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 victors over the over the the tests that we already have. You see, if the while we were in sin, you look at people who have you know they don't go to church. They really are pretty bad guys. You know women, men, whatever, they're pretty bad individuals. They don't become self-conscious of their sin. It's like, yeah, I'm a sinner. What does it matter? And they don't pay attention to their sin. And we're saying, well, everybody sinned. Well, I didn't do it. I didn't kill anybody. You know, that type of thing. But then you go to the Christian and you say, God has all this in mind for you. And the first thing we come up with, well, I'm not that good. No kidding. You're not that good. Well, if you were that good, you wouldn't need God. You see, evil, evil wants us to remember how bad we were, so we, will, we won't go forward with how good God is. <laughs> and evil wants people who are just totally off the wall in their sinning and, and doing things wrong and, and bribery and everything else, <laughs> they're, they're, and they don't even consider it wrong. And you see, when we remember our sin, we're doing something that God isn't, you know, he doesn't remember our sin because it's forgiven. John 14. Jesus says, I am the road, also the truth, and also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. So Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay? the road, the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus Christ is the very foundation of what we believe, how we believe, and how that we continue to renew ourselves and, and grow on from here. Philip says, this is verse 8, Philip says, Master, show us the Father, then we will be content. Verse 9, you've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand. To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where is the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? Now, if you have seen me, we can say this about ourselves. If you can see me, then you can see Jesus. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a little too much. But you see... Jesus, Jesus said that I and the Father are one. And then he did not think it robbery to be equal with God. Says that about Christ. But then he says, I am in you and you are in me. <laughs> I am in you and you are in me. As I am one with the Father, I am one with you. That God has this identity. He doesn't have an identity crisis, we do. He identifies with us. In fact, he, he identifies with us so much he became like us and he was tempted in every point as we are yet without sin. And so he knows what it is like to be you. <laughs> he knows what it is like to, to be in your shoes. Frustrations, temptations, whatever. He was in all points tempted like we are. Yet he didn't fail. 
So Christ has come to give us, to give to us his word. The word was made flesh. So rather, we, we can't have Christ standing here being our counselor. But we do have the Holy Spirit here beside us, helping us to remember the word. And the word is our counselor. The word is the, the, the shaper of our thoughts and our, our, our intentions. You see, when Jesus says for us to pray, um, he says, whatever you ask, this is verse 13. Well, I'll, I'll finish up this section here. It says, make, um, so don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a, a divine act. This is the challenge. The Holy Spirit is in us. Okay? Does God craft our words? The prayers that we pray is the Holy Spirit crafting them. Just like when Jesus, when, whenever he was here, G Jesus says that the Father crafts, the word, uh, creates my words so that I will bring them into a divine action, to a vi divine act. So I'm asking us that when we pray, sometimes we need to stop thinking and being a braggart because we think we are asking too big and it's actually God who is in, in our hearts trying to craft our prayers so that we will break out of our box of limitations. So whenever you pray, we, we pray with an, an understanding. What would God pray for? Well, that's too big. Well, what if God answered that prayer and then when he answered that prayer, you would see all these things that other people are praying for you would be able to minister to and be able to give away what you have. You see, we, we don't want things because, oh, 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 God, please hold back here. If I have all that, I'll be this and I'll be that and I'll be puffed up and I'll be, you'll be a braggart. And yes, you will be. Unless we realize it's God who is crafting our prayer for all of this to come into our life, knowing that if it comes into my life, it comes with a purpose. <laughs> it comes with a purpose. It comes with a plan. So let God craft our prayers. Let God form our words. <laughs> let God write the script. And, and so that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and if people would see us, and, you know, <laughs> I'm not, believe me, I'm not perfect, <laughs> and sometimes I don't want people to see me because <laughs> they're not going to see Jesus at the moment. They're going to see David in his human nature. <laughs> okay? You know, I've been known to show up every once in a while. <laughs> uh, maybe seven days a week, but, you know. <laughs> Only on, I'm, only shows up on the, the, the uh, days of the week that end with day. <laughs> What's he talking about? <laughs> All right, so 
Let God craft your prayers. Now, because the word of God, thy word have, think about this, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. God has placed his word in our hearts. God has placed his word in our lives. Okay? What's it there for? Well, that I won't sin. Sin means miss the mark. God's word is in my heart that I won't miss the mark. It's like an, an, an archer shooting the arrow at the bullseye. It's an, a rifle shooting at the bullseye and hitting the mark directly time after time after time. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might hit the bullseye every time. Because I'm allowing God to craft my prayers. Nothing is beyond the ability of God, my good, good father. My good, good father. Believe me, Jesus says, verse 11. I am in my father and my father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see. Believe these works. God wants to craft the words of our mouth to bring about things that people see that we may point to them and say, this is my good, good father. God has given this to me. Well, he didn't give it to you. You bought it. (laughs) But who God has given this to me? Because the braggart says, look what I have. The believer says, this is what God has given me. <laughs> I always like when, the, when Rhonda was teaching, you know, they, the kid's parent comes in and says, look what you gave my son. <laughs> and he says, I didn't give him anything. He earned it. <laughs> I didn't give him this grade. This is a grade he earned. You see, when we look at this, it isn't what we, in this case, it's not what we've earned. It's what God, what we've allowed God to say in our hearts and believe. And then it goes on to say, the person who trusts me will not only do what I am doing, but even greater things. I mean, raise the dead, walk on water, calm the storms, greater things than he did. You see, the challenge is that God is trying to challenge us to look beyond our natural abilities, our our natural sight. You know, I never dreamed that this could happen. God did. (laughs) I never dreamed that I could go there. God did. And so he put the dream in our heart, and he goes, "Um, because, okay, where do you go? The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because... I'm on my way to the Father. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He ever liveth to what? To make intercession for us. He is ever praying for us. Did you know God is praying for you? (laughs) God is praying for you. Praying that you will succeed, that you will find his strength in your weakness, that you will find the abilities that you didn't think you had. It's it's already there. God is going to bring it. God is going to help you bring it out whether it's intellectual, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, it doesn't matter what it is. When we face those problems, God is going to help us bring it out. And 
I'm going to my Father. I'm going to give you the same work to do that I've been doing. (laughs) What has Jesus been doing? He's teaching people the word. He is delivering them from their oppressive thoughts. He's taking five loaves and two fish and feeding 5,000 people, men plus women and children. He's doing the impossible. So from now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. Whatever you ask in my name, that shall I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You see, this isn't about me getting my prayers answered. It's about me praying God prayers that God can bless my life so that people can see God through me. The braggart says, look what I've done. I've got barns full of stuff, and I'm going to tear them down and build bigger barns so I can hold all my stuff. (laughs) You fool, Jesus said. Your soul's required of you tonight. But you see, It isn't that we have stuff. We have warehouses. You know, Amazon and all, they're building warehouses. What for? So people can dial up and call and put their orders in. comes right off the shelf and out to them. They got barns full of stuff, warehouses full of stuff that's constantly in motion. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And then verse 14 in the King James, it says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Two times in a row, two verses in a row, John is telling us, John the beloved, the guy who sits there at the Last Supper and has his head on the shoulder of Jesus, he is the closest friend of Jesus. (laughs) And he tells us, ask in my name. Jesus, he's, this revelation that John has is that if he prays and he said, you know, we always say, in Jesus' name, what we're doing is we are invoking the name of our good, good Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, flung the stars in space, and we're saying, God, this is my request, and it's being crafted by the Holy Spirit in our minds and in our tongues and our voices that the Word of God is crafting a prayer and we're concluding it with the, the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're, we're, we're putting that crowning. It's not the ending. It's the crowning of the prayer. <laughs> in Jesus' name, the, the author and the finisher of our faith, in Jesus' name, In the name that is above every other name, the name that every tongue will confess and every knee will bow, that he is Lord. Every person that has ever lived is going to bow before Jesus and recognize him for who he is. And right now, that word is in our hearts, crafting a prayer crafting a prayer 
writing it out. And he wants us to pray it and to crown it in Jesus' name. (laughs) So there is my prayer. If it's for me, if it's for somebody else. But you see, it's never for me or for somebody else. It is for God. (laughs) The prayer that I have is for God to do a work in me. See, I'm not (laughs) who I am defined as is not my weaknesses, not my strengths, not my addictions, not my problems, not my sins. I am crowned by who Christ is. (laughs) And that makes me, that Christ brings me into this mercy and his grace and I am looked upon as his favorite child. You are his favorite child. Why would he not with you? Why would he not answer your prayer? So, maybe I'll do part three next week. (laughs) Because I want us to pray. Not my prayer, your prayer. I want you to pray about let God craft, put together the words of what God wants to do in your life. Because where does the dream come from? It comes from God. Who gives us the desires of our heart? God desires to meet those needs, those desires. Because it will bring honor and glory to God. If God gives to you the desire of your heart, will it bring honor and glory to God? If it will, that's God speaking through you. If it's going to glorify me and make me bigger than what I think I am, and it's going to make me look good, going to make me feel good, going to make me more than what I am, that's the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, that's just a braggart. But you see, God will... Turn it around. And it'll bring glory to God. Amen? Let's stand. Let's go put up a tent. (laughs) So, what is your prayer? What is your desire? What is the thing that's in your heart? Let God craft your prayer. So, take a moment. Put it together. What is the most outlandish thing that you've been ever desired or ever dreamed of? Okay? Now, how will that bring honor and glory to God? You don't necessarily have to know what, everything, how it's going to work. Now, the question is, are you willing to receive it? See, that's the, that's the big test. Are you willing to allow God to bring it into your life? Because it will mean that the answer will, will benefit more people than you ever imagined. And you're going to have to give all the glory to God. Jesus, we thank you that you have heard our prayers. You know our thoughts and the intents of our heart. We are open before you. Your word is as a surgeon's scalpel, piercing even to the dividing of 
soul and spirit, bone and marrow. You know us inside and out. So, Lord, we thank you that you trust us more than we trust ourselves. God, you've heard our prayers. You know the dreams and the desires. We pray them in Jesus' name. Let your name be the crown of our prayer so that it will bring honor and glory to you. Amen? Amen. God bless you.